0: The NFL PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia from boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive $500 in risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Catch is
1: made by Calvin Ridley. Wilson, as he throws deep downfield. It's gonna be caught by Metcalf for the touchdown.
0: What's good? DGENs and NFL fans, it's your boy Dan Titus here with the NFL PropCast. That's right. We're debuting our latest podcast under the SGPN brand. We're going to be giving you guys the best prop bets throughout the season. And I know the season's just getting underway. So we already got some really cool prop bets that we want to share with you guys to kind of get you ahead of the curve here. And I'm joined by the man, the hustler, Also known as the sports nerd Munaf Manji, what's good, brother? What don't you work on? Like, really, like this is like now, like the fourth podcast that you're running through, man. You are just an animal, the master handicapper. But I'm glad to have you on to talk some props.
1: This is, uh, I've been so excited for this, man. I've been looking forward to it. I mean, I know you and I have been planning this for a couple months now, and uh you know, we have the Hall of Fame uh, game going tonight and football's here, man. And I- I'm excited. I, you know, we, you and I started on the NBA Gambling Podcast and, you know, we had conversations about player props and things like that. And it's transitioned to this. So I- I'm so excited for this. I'm glad to be working with you for this NFL season and to the future, man. And and I hope that we're going to make a lot of money for our listeners and for ourselves. And uh, I'm excited, man. No doubt. And so kind of
0: just to give you a lay of the land and how we're going to run this show. So being that, you know, we Munaf just, just tipped it off, man. I mean, we're starting off with the Hall of Fame game, but seeing that we have three or four weeks before the season actually starts, we're going to go through all of the divisions. Uh, we're going to go to a little AFC and NFC each episode over the next the course of the next month. So you can expect an episode from us every Thursday until the season starts. And we're going to start off this week with the AFC West, and the NFC East so we know we have you know in, in DGENs only in SGPN crew we have a lot of different battles between the NFC East teams so really curious to see which ones we pick here and then on the other side of the fence you know the AFC obviously led out by the the Kansas City Chiefs but possibly some really good value for some players there within that division so let's just get into it man Let's start with the AFC West here. We're going to go through some division odds, and then we'll get into some regular season win totals here. Um, But let's start off with the the Kansas City Chiefs here. Obviously, they're the odds on favor to win the division. You know, they're sitting at minus 270 with the Chargers plus 500, Broncos plus 600, and the Raiders coming in plus 1,600. So... Well, bit of a climb for those Raiders, uh, but do you see any reason that the Chiefs can't win this
1: division and how do you like their win total? Yeah, I mean, as long as you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, I mean, it, it's it's going to be difficult for one of these teams to kind of leapfrog the Chiefs unless there's a, a huge injury that happens uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs, right? But, I mean, you take a look at what Patrick Mahomes has done since he's taken over as a starter, for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? 2018, 12 and four, 2019, 12 and four, and then last season, 14 and two. And out of the two out of three last years, they've gone to the Super Bowl and won one. So, um, you know, this team has their weaknesses. You know, the run defense last year wasn't so great, um, but I think their key additions this season was to that offensive line with Orlando uh, Orlando Brown and, and Joe Tunney. Um, but I mean, I just don't see any of these other teams that can really compete for the division, at least, uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I, I think the books have laid it out where their regular season win totals at 12.5, right? And they, every right. other team in that division is at single-digit wins.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm, as I'm looking at it, I see that the, uh, you know, I'm looking at the Chargers. They're at over 9.5. Raiders are sitting at 7. The Broncos are sitting at 8.5. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, when you have Andy Reid, you still have your, uh, offensive quarter, or coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Um I mean, it, it's it really going to be difficult for some of these teams to kind of, I, I think maybe down the line when Justin Herbert develops a little more. Um, and the thing with the Chargers also is that I know this, they're one of the teams that have probably the most hype coming around a team is, is the Los Angeles Chargers. But with the, when you have a brand new coaching staff, you have a new offensive coordinator, you have a new defensive coordinator, new head coach, Um, I think it might be a little too much for them, at least for this season to compete for the division with the Kansas city chiefs.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my selection for, you know, for win totals. I was going to take the chargers under nine and a half, you know, while they're, you know, definitely a a really good team in terms of their youth, you know, they got Justin Herbert who balled out one of the best rookies we've ever seen. And then you got Austin Eckler seemingly healthy with a pretty loaded uh, wide receiver core. But you're right. You know, I think that there's a lot of growing pains that could be had with you know a, a new coaching regime, and and really back in the second year, the second year of Justin Herbert with an offensive line that didn't improve. And I think that that's probably why Vegas is, is putting up their their win total so high. But a strength of schedule of 17 doesn't give me the warm and fuzzy. And I think getting 10 wins out the gates is a is a bit overstated.
1: Yeah, and I also to keep in mind that defensively. Uh, The Chargers lost, uh, I believe they lost Melvin uh, Ingram to free agency. uh, And then they also lost uh, Perriman and then Casey Hayward also. So those are three pretty good guys on your defensive, uh, under your defensive unit that are no longer with this team. So, and then, you know, I'm going to reference Warren Sharp a lot throughout our podcast and our episodes, because that, that if you haven't gotten your hands on his book, It's something that for maybe beginner betters and even deep dive all the analytics he has, it's great. Um, But if you take a look at the AFC West and the defensive ratings that they kind of put up, um, the Chargers are ranked number 26 on their front seven and their secondary is ranked number 19. So that's not good when you're in both of those categories, you're going to be below average average. Compared to the rest of the NFL, right? So I think they might be struggling a little bit uh, on the defensive side of the football.
0: And how do you feel about the going back to Kansas City? How do you feel about them twelve and a half wins? Do you think that they can get thirteen?
1: You know what the crazy part is is that when with the when the rumbling started uh, about this season, uh, I think both Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill came out and said that they wanted to go undefeated, right? And they wanted to go eighteen and or seventeen and zero, and then and then run through the playoffs and Super Bowl. I mean. If there's a guy that can possibly do that, it's probably Andy Reid and and, and Patrick Mahomes and and their team. But um, I I just can't – I know it's like kind of frowned upon to bet overs, but with the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, it's going to – I think it's going to be right at that 12 or 13 number. I'll lean with the under. um, I think they'll get 12 wins because you've kind of took a look at their schedule. uh, Their first five games – they're, they're they're pretty difficult games. I mean, you know, the Cleveland Browns, they had in week one, you know, they're going to want to come out and make a statement. And then you know, they're taking on Baltimore in Baltimore. And, you know, Baltimore for sure has that game circled because the Chiefs have the Chiefs have gone in and beat them, I think, in back to back years in their home uh, on their home field. And then they have the Chargers. I mean, the Eagles. Uh, I don't know about that one. I'll let you get into that. And
0: then,
1: <laughs> and then they play the Buffalo Bills in, in week five. So that's a pretty tough schedule to start with. And three out of those four teams or five teams are ranked in the top seven as far as past defense. So um, I think they get 12 wins. I think that number spot on that the, the books have put out. Yeah, even taking it a step further, after that Eagles
0: game, they play the Bills, the the Washington the Washington football team, yeah. and the Tennessee Titans, which is a grueling little three-game stretch there. Um, and then even, you skip a game, they got the Giants. Who cares about them? And then you got the Packers. <laughs> so, you know, I think that their schedule is definitely a little bit more challenging than than the eye leads you to believe. And, you know, their strength of schedule is 11 for a reason. So, yeah. you know, that 12-and-a-half, that I, I agree with you. I think 12 is definitely in the cards. 12-and-a-half, uh 13-4 and four season is a really good season with uh, a lot of those those stout defenses that they're going to be going against. But it's hard to bet a, against the uh, a healthy Chiefs squad as they've shown uh, that they're one of the best in the league by bar none over the last you know few years under Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then if you take a look, kind of fast forward to the end of their schedule, three out of their last four games are on the road against the Chargers. Uh, who knows, the Steelers might be in it and the Bengals and the Broncos always play them tough. So... Um a a tough way to kind of end the season there. And who knows? I mean, they might be sitting at 12 wins. They already have the AFC um uh, number one seed locked up, and that 18th game might not mean anything for, but for the Broncos, it might beat something. So uh definitely something to keep your eye on uh, throughout the season.
0: And any other win totals that you want to go over between the Raiders, the Broncos, Chargers. I already stayed in mind for the Chargers, but how do yeah. you feeling about the uh the Raiders at seven and the and the Broncos
1: at eight and a half? Yeah, I, quickly about the Raiders. I'm, I'm going to ask you this. Since 2003, how many winning seasons do you think they've had? Ooh, that, Was that
0: the Rich Gannon years? Uh, damn, 2003. That was probably like the end of Jerry Rice. I'm going to take a flyer with two.
1: One. They got one <laughs> winning season. I mean, I just don't have faith in this team. I mean, they lost a lot of key pieces on the defensive end. Uh, on the side of the sorry, defensive side of the football um, and again they're ranked their defense is ranked number 30 hold on let me pull that up here real quick. Uh, for the Raiders yeah number 27 for their front seven and their secondary is going to be absolutely the worst in the entire football league so I don't have much faith in this Raiders team, I think if you can find a six and a half. I would take the over on that, but that's probably going to be juiced up to maybe minus north of 150, but I, I, I'm not a believer in John Gruden and, and Derek Carr as their quarterback. Um, the offense we know with the weapons that they have is going to be exciting right there's there's um, you know you have Henry Ruggs in the second year, maybe due for a breakout season uh, Darren Waller one of the studs the tight ends in our league top two top three in our entire football league Um and then, there's the, uh, and then they get Brian Edwards back, and he's been turning heads in training camp as far as what I've been seeing from the report. So um, they have the offensive weapons, just defensively. I think they're just going to be really bad again. Uh, quickly for the Denver Broncos, there's always that cliche in football where where everybody says they're a quarterback away from being a contender. And I don't think that can be any more true for the Denver Broncos. Because if you take a look at their skill positions with their wide receivers, they're going to get Cortland Sutton back. They have Jerry Judy. They have Noah Font. And then the backfield with Melvin Gordon, we're not sure if he's going to be on this roster come beginning of the season. But then they drafted Javante Williams. Um, So this offense is going to be really, really, really good. It just depends on what they decide to do at quarterback, right? Because we've seen the quarterback carousel in Denver. Is it going to be Drew Locke? Is it going to be Teddy Bridgewater? Are they going to go out and try to trade for Deshaun Watson? Um, so I, I think, you know, once they have that quarterback situation figured out and if they get a competent quarterback, I think Denver Broncos might be a team, maybe not this season, but in the next couple of years, contending in that AFC West division.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I I was, I was looking at all the Twitter, the Twitter sphere is really into this Brian Edwards hype train, calling him Randy Moss. And I don't know about all that, <laughs> you know, doing all this crazy stuff. I mean, it's still Derek Carr throwing the ball here. He's a very conservative quarterback. He's exactly. he's only keeping his job when he doesn't turn over the ball. So he's very risk averse. He's always hitting that, skip, that safety blanket in, in Darren Waller. So, yeah, I don't – you know, they picked up Kenyon Drake in the offseason too. I don't think that that really moves the needle that much. Their offense is straight, but I think Derek Carr is constantly looking over his shoulder of when he's going to get benched. We know Mike Mayock hasn't been the best GM thus far. And so, yeah, I I think seven wins that's going to be tough for the Raiders who, who are currently eighth in strength of schedule uh, over the course of the season. So, you know, they're, they're one of the teams that probably need to benefit from playing uh, lower seeded teams from last year, but you know, the, the NFL was not easy on them and I don't know, I I just don't have much faith in the Raiders either. So let's get into,
1: yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, it just seems like with John Gruden there, it's I don't know. I mean, they signed him to a 10-year hundred million dollar deal, what, four years ago? And I mean, I don't know. I just I just don't have faith. I'm right there with you. So let's take it to the NFC East, the home
0: of D Gens only here. Stacking the money green. Shout out to you and Mr. Kramer, the uh, the I should say the apologist of all things giants. <laughs> I mean, there's brawls in training camp. He's dusting it off as nothing, and I I tend to agree with him, man. Like, I don't know why it was getting all the media hype of uh, an in-fight training camp brawl. Like, that always happens. So, if anything, I think they might bring the Giants together a little bit better. But let's talk about um, the actual odds here. So, for the NFC East, we have the Cowboys as the odds-on favorite right now at plus 130, Washington football team at plus 270, we got the Giants at 3-1 to one at plus 390, and the Eagles coming in last at plus 470. So just want to break down the strength of schedule right now. NFC East has a pretty favorable schedule as it pertains to the rest of the NFL. Washington football team coming in at 15, the Giants 25, the Cowboys 31, and the Eagles have the best strength of schedule in the league at 32 but there are some rumblings Deshaun Watson possibly could he be on the move from Houston to Philly, you know, that's probably going to cost him Jalen hurt. So I don't yeah. know. Part of me is like kind of staying away from Eagles regular season wins right now, because I think if you have, it's a com- completely different landscape if you have to deal with Deshaun Watson, a potential suspension yeah, and just having a completely different quarterback there that won't have much time in training camp to kind of get that rapport that we've seen that, Jalen Hurts is reportedly building with Zach Ertz and his squad now. So where do we want to start here, man? Do you want to start with the – let's start with the Cowboys since they're the odds-on favorite. What do you What do you like from them, and what are you expecting from them this season?
1: Is it, is it funny to you that this is the only division that doesn't have a team that is projected to have – or at least put out by the books that is supposed to have double-figure wins? I mean, I they're talking, all single digits, yeah. right? <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you
0: know, they're, the NFC, they're the NFC least for a reason. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, uh,
1: you know, for for the, for the Cowboys, I mean, it, I can't say good things about them. If not, I'm going to get fired by Sean and Ryan for saying good things <laughs> about them. But I, I think, you know, last season for the Cowboys, obviously lost Dak Prescott to the injury for the season. They had issues on the offensive line. Um, the defense was atrocious. Um, and, and you know, now we're getting now, now Dak, Dak Prescott's back, but he's also dealing with a shoulder injury that he suffered in the, uh, in training camp. So we're not sure if that's going to be a lingering issue all throughout the season. Uh, I do see Dak as the heavy, heavy odds on favor for comeback player of the year, but, um, you know, yeah, like you mentioned, they have an easy schedule. This whole division does, especially against past defenses. They're all playing below average pass defenses all season long. So I think this might be one of the divisions that if you'd like playing overs on the game totals, uh, you might want to take a look at, uh, the weekly matchups for these teams. Um, you know, for the, for the Cowboys, I mean, right off of week one on that Thursday night first game, they're playing Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champions. Um, that's going to be a tall order for them. I think that, uh, when you're going up against a team that has two top, uh, uh, defenses or sorry, a defense that is in top 10 in both pass D and rush defense, it might be a, a very long game for them. But we'll get into that later. As far as the division, I mean, the Cowboys, the question for me comes down to you to do you trust Mike McCarthy as your head coach? And I for sure do not trust Mike McCarthy. I think this is going to be another season where it's going to be a high disappointment for the Cowboys. I think if they don't get into the playoff, Mike McCarthy is going to be gone. I don't want to get behind this Cowboys team. Um, they have some great skilled position players with C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, uh, Zeke. You know, when healthy, he's he can be a a, a running back that gets you anywhere from 1,200 to 1,300 yards. I think the big thing for the Cowboys is that their offensive line is finally going to be healthy, and that's been one of their strengths throughout the past couple of years since Dak has taken over as a quarterback.
0: I'm with you, and as much as it pains me to say it, I think that the team with the best offense is going to end up winning this division. Yeah. And right now that's, as that stands, that's the Dallas Cowboys. They have the healthy offensive line. They have three of the best wideouts, three of the best wideout group in the league. I mean, sure. I'm not gonna say they're the best, but they're of the top, probably the top five. Um, and then you have Ezekiel Elliott, who's appears to be in the best shape of his life. He's slimmed down looking pretty lean. So I think this offense is going to be tough to stop. And we saw what Dak Prescott was doing before he went down with the injury week four, week five, he got hurt. This man was slinging it, you know, to the tune of over 400 yards a game, you know, just absolutely terrorizing defenses. So the Eagles defense isn't that great. Washington football team has a really good defense. I just don't know that I can trust that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the quarterback for the entire season. And then at which case do you turn to Taylor Taylor Heineke or potentially Kyle Allen. I just don't have a lot of faith in their QB in their QB room. I think that that team is going to be improved, but ultimately their offense is going to be their detriment. And the New York giants, I just don't know what to really make of them. Saquon Barkley is probably going to be coddled a little bit as the season begins, which understandably. So that's your, your lead running back. You know, you got to take precautions there to make sure that he maintains his health because he hasn't shown that he can do that for a full season. And then you have Daniel Jones, who got some weapons, but we saw Kenny Galladay already pull up limping to the locker room in training camp, yeah. and he's had his issues with with staying healthy. So, you know, Evan Ingram's an enigma. I don't really see that the, the New York Giants really got that much better this offseason, despite getting Kadarius Tony as a first-round pick and, you know, putting some other players there around Daniel Jones to be successful, but – you know, I think that this is the the safe bet here is the Dallas Cowboys. I think they have the highest floor of any team in this division. So I'm, I'm
1: banking on them at plus 130 to win this division. Yeah, and if you kind of stack rank the regular season wins uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they have the easiest home schedule as far as who their opponents are. Uh, and it's 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 by a mile. Uh, they they I think they should they've relatively been good at home. So with them having the easiest home schedule as far as regular season win opponents, it, it's gonna be big for them. The Eagles have it the hardest uh, um, they have the hardest home schedule uh, as far as regular season win totals for their opponents, but they have the easiest on the road. so um you know, I'll let you get into the Eagles, but Uh, As far as the Giants, I mean, I think there's another team that has a lot of hype around it with Joe Judge. Uh, I'm surprised Kramer hasn't gotten all rise tattooed somewhere on his body already, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, they have skill position players also, right? I think, like we mentioned, that they're going to be careful with Saquon Barkley because he is coming off the ACL injury, you know, like you mentioned, Kenny Galladay. They're going to have to find a way to get that hamstring right Before the season, if you need to give him the whole month off because you do not want something like a hamstring injury lingering you all season long. We've seen it in basketball where it can be an issue, but even more so in the National Football League and football where you need it because you're running at full speed and and making cuts and things like that. That's not something you want lingering. So, um, yeah, as much as it pains me to say, also, I think because the Cowboys have the best defense, sorry, the best uh, offense in the entire division, I think they're, they're probably going to win this division and, and their wide receiver group is ranked number two in the entire football league.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to go, I'm going to throw out, go, the, go out on a limb here and go for the exact outcome at plus 700 Cowboys finishing first Washington, second Eagles, third and giants, fourth shout out to real money. Kramer Ooh. giants are going to be straight up trash this year.
1: Taking shots on the first episode. I like it, man. <laughs>
0: Oh man. So any, any curiosity about, or any thoughts on the win totals for these teams? I know you already outlined that none of them have double digit win totals in their futures here. Uh, but is there anyone that that stands
1: out to you that you want to get behind? Yeah, I think that there's some books out there that are still hanging a six and a half, possibly a seven for the New York giants. Um, as much as we just crapped on them a little bit, um, I just do like the skill position players that they do have, right, with their wide receivers and, you know, with Saquon Barkley. um, It's just going to depend on how good this, how good Daniel Jones is going to be throughout the season for them. Um, You know, defensively, it's not great for them either. And the offensive line, again, is a concern. But, um, I mean, I think that's the only one that kind of really makes sense to me is that, that Giants, because in any given year with this division, it's always a coin flip. I mean, nobody saw the Washington football team winning this division last year and getting into the playoffs. Right. Um, so it might be the Giants here. And it's always been I think this is the one division. Where there hasn't been a back to back winner in, I think, in a in a long time. So I think if you're just basing it off of history, Washington might not be the team that wins this division. It might be one of Philly. Giants or the Cowboys and like we mentioned it'll be the probably the Cowboys but uh if I find a six and a half I would probably take the over on the Giants but other than that I'll probably be just staying away from this division because it's just so bad fair enough
0: all right we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsors and then we'll get into our player props for the AFC West and the NFC East are you ready to win money and boost your odds WinBet is now live in Colorado Indiana Michigan New Jersey Tennessee and Virginia we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, NLB, NHL golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in game odds on every major sport, we have exactly what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer of risk-free $500 sports bet. Download, bet, win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning today. All right, we are back. Let's get into some of the prop bets for these divisions. Let's start with the AFC West, man. Give me your quarterback. So what we're going to do, so you guys can have the lay of the land, we're going to be breaking down a QB, RB, wide receiver, from each of these divisions and we're going to give you our over under for their season long player props so let's start it off with the AFC West as I stated Munaf you're going to start off with probably the the shoe in for MVP every year Patrick Mahomes what are your what are your thoughts on a prop bet for him.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of rolling the dice here a little bit with Mahomes. Uh, I'm going to take the under 5,050 and a half passing yards for uh, Mahomes. You know, we know what Mahomes is capable of, right? He, he can go out in any given Sunday and, and throw 400, 500 passing yards. But in his, you know, short career, he went over 5,000 yards just once in that 2018 season where he threw close to 5,100 yards and got 50 touchdowns, right? That may be a huge outlier for him um but in that was also the year that he won the MVP but another question is that the chiefs have home field uh and if the chiefs do end up like I mentioned we were talking about the chiefs um that if they end up getting home field and they're able to clinch that number one seed by the sixteenth game um does he end up playing in that seventeenth game I don't think so right that's a but that's a big if right now but Over the first six weeks of the season, like I mentioned, we were talking about this division, Chiefs play four teams which are ranked top 10 in pass defense, the Browns, the Ravens, the Bills, and the Washington football team. So there's a possibility also that if the Chiefs, when they're going down the stretch playing some of the easier pass defense, that they're up by 20, 21 points in that fourth quarter, is there really an incentive for Mahomes to also be out there? to be in the game, right? He's your franchise quarterback, probably the best quarterback. If not, he is the best quarterback in this league. Andy Reid is going to do whatever to protect him. So maybe they're mixing more runs this season. And maybe, like I said, if they're up by, you know, three, four scores in that fourth quarter, he's not going to be in that game. So um, based just off of those, well, those numbers and and those kind of, you know, trends and and handicapping, I'm going to take the under on uh, Patrick Mahomes passing yards.
0: Yeah, I feel like, it, ah, man, I don't want to fade Patrick Mahomes. It's so hard. But 5,000 yards is is a lot. And, you know, I'd like to see this number probably better at like 4,700 or 4,800. You know, he averaged 316 passing yards per game last season, which was the second most of his career, minus that 2018 year where he averaged 318. I mean, he could easily put up 300 yards per game which would probably get him very close to that 5,000 number. But uh, man, that is a uh, given the the strength of schedule and what they're going to be facing. I, I tend to lean with you, man, like 5,000 is a lot. And he could still have a great MVP like season throwing for 47, 4,800 yards and you know, 30 plus 40 touchdowns, whatever. Uh, but 5,000 yards is tough. And um, yeah, I don't know that with the, with the, the, the teams he's going to be going against 5,000 is going to be a lot for him to overcome, but He's a great passer, and I think it's going to be contingent on their run game. If they can establish that run game, it will be less reliant
1: yeah. on him having to throw the ball, you know, 40, 50 times a game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's not the, the bet that the, I guess people are expecting, but I mean, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm rolling the dice here a little bit and, and take the under on that. But uh, I'm pretty sure it might just blow up in my face, but I just feel like it's kind of more fading the public than
0: anything. Yeah, I hear that. And I'm going to roll with you, man. For my quarterback, I'm going to select Justin Herbert under 4,500 passing yards. He threw for 4,336 in his rookie season, second all-time only to Andrew Luck. Just fell shy of that record. But much as what I was harping on before and Munaf, it's a new coaching regime with Brandon Stanley, who's only 38 years old. He was a defensive coordinator for the Rams last year. Now he's got the head coaching role for the Chargers. So going defensive focus, and then you scoop up Joe Lombardi, who was the Saints quarterback coach for the last five years. Prior to that, he'd had a quick stint in Detroit where he actually balled out with Matthew Stafford. Stafford threw for 4,000 yards, had a Pro Bowl-like season. But, you know, I just – I got to feel like this is going to be a more balanced offense. The offensive line has now improved we saw that Justin Herbert can really sling it, but they really need some consistency in their run game. And I think now that you have an improved line, this should balance out that offense a little bit more. If Austin Eckler is healthy, you have a new, new one-two punch with him. Maybe Justin Jackson and or Larry Roundtree, who was one of their draft picks this year, didn't see a lot out of Joshua Kelly. But all that to say, you know they have a great wide receiver core in Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and um, they just brought over Jared Cook. I think that they're going to have enough weapons, but 4,500 to me is a bit high for a team. That's going to have a whole lot of change here and adaptation. That's going to be taking place in their first year.
1: Yeah. I think last year, that number may have been as high as it was because of the Austin Eckler injury, right? That maybe that, that running game last season was kind of non-existent. So they had to throw the ball a little more and maybe there were games where they were trailing um, in the game where, you know, it, they had to have Justin Herbert play from behind. So um, that was another one that I was looking at. um, But just that Mahomes one stuck out to me. But, yeah, I agree with you. I do like that under. um, It's really cognizant because they're going to have Austin Eckler back in that backfield. So, you know, they may be running a more balanced offense, you know, more running versus more passing.
0: Mm -hmm. And let's go to the running backs. Man, you are just fading the Chiefs, man. (laughs) I love it. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Clyde Edwards Hilaire?
1: Yeah, I'm taking the under seven and a half touchdowns for him. Um, you know, since Mahomes took over as a the quarterback, there have been not a single running back that has played for the Chiefs behind Mahomes has scored more than eight touchdowns. The last one to get above seven and a half was Kareem Hunt back in 2018. Uh, he scored eight. But since 2019, and I know it's a very small sample size, but since 2019, uh, the most rushing touchdowns by a running back with the Chiefs was Damian Williams with five. And then last season in 2020, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hallaire had four in 13 games. Barring injury and, and health, obviously he's going to play a lot more games, but Clyde Edwards-Hallaire doesn't seem like the biggest guy on the field, right? I think if they do get down to the goal line, um, or inside that 10, inside the five, the Chiefs really like running those, you know, those kind of those gimmick plays where it's, you know, Tyreek Hill coming off a jet sweep or it's Travis Kelsey taking that shovel pass, um, things like that. So they don't really like to run the ball in the red zone. And then we also see Patrick Mahomes off the play action. He can scramble in for the touchdown also. So um, just kind of based off of what we see, from the Chiefs offense, as far as running the ball, you know, when they're in the red zone, or, or, you know, like I said, inside the 10 yard line, they're not prone to running the ball. So I really like that under seven and a half for Clyde Edwards and touchdowns. He could get as many yards as he wants, but hopefully he stays under that eight touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's one of my comeback
0: players uh, that I'm targeting in fantasy, because I, I just think with this with not really much competition behind him. Like they brought over Jarek McKinnon. They brought over, yep. you know, Daryl Darrell Williams is resigned, but you know, I don't think that that's going to be much competition for him. Maybe a little bit in the passing game work, but you know, he's going to be there every down back. And now with uh, a full season in the off season with, with training camp and all of that, like I think he's going to have an improved year. Do I think he's going to get eight touchdowns? I don't know all purpose. I think that that's definitely in the cards, uh, yeah. but rushing touchdowns. I, I tend to agree with you, man. Not much success. In Andy Reid offense for those those uh, running backs um, since Patrick Mahomes has been at the helm. And so for the next guy, my RB, then I'm going to be, uh, I'm gonna be. This is one. This one's a tough pill to squat to swallow, considering how much hate we just gave to the Raiders. But uh, I'm gonna go Josh Jacobs over 975 rush and a half rushing yards. Okay. I was surprised to see this. You know, if you look at a couple different books, you're gonna see this line. Um, over a thousand. So to get it at nine seventy five, I was like, "Yeah, give me that." Because this guy's rushed for over a thousand yards, and both of his two, as both of his first two seasons in the NFL, he saw over three hundred total touches over the last two years. And you know, while he's had his injury concerns, it's definitely why they brought in Kenyon Drake. I think they needed a bigger power size back. That you know they've been deploying this Jalen Rashard, DeAndre Washington scat back type of feel for the last few years and it hasn't really panned out behind him but i think this guy is still going to be the between the lines bruiser and i mean he averaged he got um excuse me he got 242 carries his rookie season 273 last year if he stays healthy there's no reason why this guy can't see you know north of 280 you know almost 300 carries this year he's still super young he's not even 23 years old yet so yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of upside here for a team that clearly loves running the ball. I mean, Josh, J- John Gruden, if there's one thing he's going to do first and 10, he's running the yep. ball second down. If he got the yards, he's probably going to run it again. Probably mm-hmm. one of the more predictable offensive play callers in the league, which should bode well for Josh Jacobs as he rounds into his third year. Uh, coming off of an injury, knack, the tic-tac injuries,
1: but I still yep. had a pretty solid season overall. Yeah. I had Josh Jacobs on my fantasy team last year and he was probably my best running back. And he was a probably, I think a late pickup too. So um, I think you have to hit the nail on the head. Like you mentioned with John Gruden, you kind of want to go off with the tendencies of what the coach likes to do. Right. And like you mentioned, they like to run the ball on first and 10 and then and, and have that balanced offense more of a run first uh, offense and then, you know, go off the play action pass. But Yeah. uh, Like you mentioned, like they were having that running back by committee last season, the past couple of years and, and bringing Kenyon Drake. I don't think that's going to be much of a factor to Josh Jacobs, because like you said, he's still a young guy. He's going to be what, 22, 23 years old. Um, And and he's a workhorse, man. I mean, like you said, he got the rushes. Getting thousand yards shouldn't be that hard for him, especially when you have that 17th game um, this season. So uh, I really like that pick.
0: Yeah, he had six games last year of over twenty carries. So I'm expecting yeah. him to definitely take continue to 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 get the tote the rock and get those uh, opportunities. So we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll get into our wide receivers for we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Listen, football season is about to kick off, and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. For example, the Atlanta Falcons are 80 to one to win the Super Bowl and have one of the easiest strengths of schedules in the league. If you think they'll get off to a hot start, make that 80 to one bet before the season and then sell it for a big profit after only a couple weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes, makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go for two make two tickets on the same team so when you can sell one for a profit keep the other one and leave it to yourself just to have some skin in the game Get started today by going to propswap.com or download the prop swap app PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets let's go to LA what do you got for your wide receiver prop?
1: yeah I'm gonna go with uh, Keenan Allen over 98 and a half receptions um, obviously, you know when we talked about the Chargers earlier, We know Keenan Allen's their best wide receiver on this L.A. uh, Chargers team. But since the 2017 season, he has 100 or more catches in three out of those four seasons. Last year, he only played 14 games and he still grabbed 100 receptions. Um, And we had that 17 game this season. So, um, I mean, obviously with Keenan Allen, it's always been about health with him. Um, But, I mean, if you take a look, since 2017 – He's had three straight years where he played 16 games, a full season. And then last season he missed, I think, just two games or three games. Um, and he had, I know, 102 in uh, 2017, 97 in 2018, 2019, 104, and then right at 100 receptions in 2020. So you know, this guy is is you know for PPR, I think he's a great wide receiver. So I'm gonna take that over 98 and a half. You know, I think him and Herbert really developed that chemistry last season and into training cap this year. Um, so uh, I don't see in a world where Keenan Allen doesn't get at least a hundred receptions this season.
0: Dude, he was fifth in targets and he missed the last two games of the season. So, yeah. you know, this guy's a target monster. I don't see Mike Williams is still going to be there, but we, you know, he's going to get hurt. He's going to make some ridiculous diving catch and like break his back or something exactly. like that. So <laughs> you just can't rely on, on the other wide receivers there. And I think Know Keenan Allen has proven to be one of the best route runners and wide receivers overall in the league, so you know, getting that at under 100, I think, is is good money. And for my guy, oh man, I was gonna, I have a couple here that I I have pretty strong faith in. I'll go with the first one is the spicy take Tyreek Hill under 89 and a half receptions. This dude's, I know, he's in a contract year, (laughs) I know, right? This is crazy, but he's in a contract year. I still think he's gonna ball out. Like don't don't get me don't get me wrong. But he hasn't eclipsed 89 and a half receptions in a season yet. He's missed at least one game in four of his last five se- starting seasons as a as the mm-hmm. lead wide receiver. And you know, he's never really been a a a, a catches receptions type of guy. So, you know, I, I think the big plays are certainly there. You're gonna get those, you know, he has so much explosion off the line. He's gonna be catching those those 70, 60-yard passes and just taking them to the house. He's like a yak beast. And so, you know, I think that the real target hog for the the Chiefs is really Travis Kelsey. And he's coming off another 100 100 reception season. And, you know, he's the safety blanket for Patrick Mahomes. I think we're going to see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a little bit more active in the pass game as well. Me, Hardman, this is going to be his breakout season, you know, with Sammy Watkins out of the way, I think we're going to see him be a little bit more dynamic and possibly see the ball in his hands a little bit more as well. But Tyreek is still a beast, but I, I don't know that I can get behind him getting 90 receptions, even with the extra game this season, just given his past history. And the other one I'm going to go with is a little bit of upside. We haven't mentioned this squad that much Jerry Judy over 65 and a half receptions. From what I've seen of Cortland Sutton, man, I don't know that he's going to be 100% going into week one. It's going to take him some time to get up to speed. That leaves Jerry Judy, man. KJ Hamler is the only other wide receiver there that's really going to compete for targets if Cortland Sutton is still making his way back. And that guy's got stone hands. He had led the – I want to say he was the top three in in drops last season. And, you know, you also got Tim Patrick, who said he wants to be the guy that blows off the top of the the defenses and – I don't really think that he's going to compete with uh in that wide receiver room with Jerry Judy, you know if if Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, if they continue to battle it out I think ultimately Bridgewater might have the edge here just because he's the less turnover prone, uh more winning quarterback to be honest yeah. and um, we saw last year what he did in Carolina Robbie Anderson had ninety five receptions DJ Moore had sixty six. I, was, I think Jerry Judy slots in more of that DJ Moore role. So I think 60, 65 and a half receptions is certainly in the cards if he gets sustained quarterback play. And it just so happens if they have Jer- Drew Locke under center, they're going to be getting blown out and they're going to be playing from behind, which is always good, a good game script for you know, some extra catches here
1: and there. I love that with Jerry Judy one, man. I think this, you know, when we talk about players that are going to take that leap in their second year, I think Jerry Judy is a prime candidate for that. And, you know, a lot, watch a lot of them in, in, in college college um, with Alabama. And, you know, this guy is, is, you know, he could potentially become one of the best route runners and, and in, in the entire NFL. So I really like that. One. I feel like that was a little conservative too. Well, what was it? What was the number again? 65 and a half. Yeah. So he Very had 100, conservative. Yeah. 113 targets last year. So, you know, that for sure is going to go up. Um, and then again, when we talk about these training camps and people that are turning heads, I think they've been saying Jerry Judy is one of those guys also. Um, yeah. And going back to that tri- Tyree kill one, I think your, your handicap was, was spot on because, you know, we see Tyree kill. He's a guy that is one of the fastest guy, if not the fastest guy in the league, he's just going to run those, those, uh, those uh, straight routes and, and, Patrick Mahomes is just going to try to find him down the field. So, you know, like you mentioned, he hasn't gone over that receptions total, but the yardage is there for sure with him, right? He had close to 1,500 in 2018. He had, I think, uh, he only played 12 games in 2019, still got 860 yards. In the last season, he missed one game, but still had close to 1,300 yards. So um, if you're like Tyreek Hill, as – on a, on a player prop, I would probably say if you like an over look at his yardage to go over, but definitely I agree with you, Dan, hundred percent on the under, um, on his receptions. I did have one more guy that I did want to mention, um, on the, uh, Raiders squad, their wide receiver squad. And that was going to be, uh, John Brown. Um, there's a lot of mouths to feed on this team, uh, as far as a wide receiver group. And like we talked about with John Gruden, like, you know, he likes to run the football first, right? And when you have Darren Waller, Brian Edwards, like we talked about earlier, that's, you know, making noise in the Raiders, you know, wide receiver group, um, Darren Waller, you know, they're also going to have those short dump off passes to Josh Edwards, out of, sorry, uh, Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. Hunter Renfro is another guy that is, seems like a favorite target of uh, Derek Carr. and they have a close relationship. So uh, John Brown, is number sitting at 650 and a half uh, receiving yards. I kind of like the under on that uh, for him just because of the reasons that I just said Um, he was with Buffalo over the last two seasons last year. He only played eight games because of injury only had 458 yards. Um, But just because there's so many mouths to feed and we know what John Gruden's game plan is on offense. I just don't see him getting that many yards uh, coming up this season.
0: Yeah, I don't either. Uh, That's a great find because I I don't see him in the book that I was looking and, I just don't know what to. Uh, how do you make a a real projection out of the Raiders? Because Nelson Aguilar was their best actual wide receiver last year, so is he? If he's not slotting into that role, I don't know that I want any parts of uh, of anybody really. Because Brian Edwards is getting all the hype. Henry Ruggs, maybe he makes his second year leap after yep. a very disappointing rookie season. But you got to feel like the odd man out has got to be like a John Brown, who's thirty plus years old. Mm-hmm. in a new scenario hadn't had much time to really get I mean, yeah he's gonna have training camp or whatever but i don't know i feel like uh 650 sounds like a lot for him yeah all right before we get, yeah let's just get into the nfc east man let's start off with uh your first prop i kind of teased it a little bit that i didn't have much faith in fitzpatrick yeah getting through the whole season and you're fading his passing
1: yards what's up with that yeah, I mean, we take a look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I'll take, I'll be taking under 39 and a half Ryan, uh, passing yards for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, I mean, how long do we expect Fitz to really be the starter there? I mean, he's been a journeyman since 2013. Uh, like we mentioned, the backup is Tyler Haneke. I mean, how much faith do they really have in him? But over the last four years, he's played more than 10 games just once. And that was in 2019 with the Dolphins where he played 15 games. But even then, he only threw for 3,500 yards um in in that that season in 2019 where he played 15 games the last time he went above 3,900 yards was in 2015 with the Jets and who knows if they make a move at quarterback let's just say Matt Jones gets a starting role for the Patriots do the Washington football team then make a move for Cam Newton to reunite him with Ron Vera I mean we also heard the possibility that let's just say you know Ryan Fitzpatrick gets hurt and, and the Washington is still in the playoff hunt we heard yesterday that if the situation is right and it's a contending team, do they make that call to Phillip rivers? And I'm just making, you know, a case where I don't think he finished the entire season, just based off of the, his, his tendencies to have interceptions throughout his career, where the coaches kind of get frustrated with him and you have to put in the backup because he's having a lot of turnovers. So with, you know, with any quarterback, we also have, you know, him getting benched and the, and the possibility of injury. So, like I mentioned, Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't finished a complete season. Uh, the most he's played was since uh, 2019, where he had 15 games. Uh, sorry, 2015, but he didn't get up above that number. And I, I really like that number to go uh, under 39 and a half. Oh, sorry, 33,900 and a half yard passing yards for Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: Yeah, not much faith in over here either for him actually finishing the season as the QB one here. He's very turnover prone. He's a gunslinger. And while he's great for fantasy purposes in real life, we know what it is. Like he did a great job rallying that Miami team last year. And he's kind of like a Nick Foles, right? Like you don't come out consciously starting him and then rely on him by the end of the season. He's always that stop gap between something else. And I don't know if that something else is strong enough, but I think you made a great point. And if the, if the Washington football team is in a good position that they can you know potentially be contenders why not go take a flyer on philip rivers who's apparently really uh remaining in in good condition and ready to to get the call to to join a a football team at at anyone that needs it but yeah i just don't have much faith in him finishing out the season gonna have put up a lot of yards when he actually does play but you know at this point he's a game manager he's he has high iq but ultimately the skill set um Tends to always seem to uh, falter at the wrong time. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see this being the long term solution. And good luck with him making it through the season at 3,900 yards. That's, that's a lot for someone that may not even play the whole season. Yeah. So, my end, I'm going to go Jalen Hurts over 574 and a half <sighs> rushing yards, which is okay. like, crazy to me. And the reason I'm going with it, and this is, this is obviously, I'm assuming that he's going to be an Eagle, but even if he's not an Eagle and he winds up having to go to Houston, I still think that this is very attainable. I saw this, I saw uh, at DK, it was sitting at 655. He had 272 rushing rush yards in four starts last season. That's an average of 68 rushing yards per game. He went over three, he had three games over 60 yards in those games. You project that over 17 games, man, this guy's going to be like in Lamar Jackson territory. And rightfully so right now he has the I believe he's third on the rushing total list for quarterbacks behind Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Um, So I think this is a great spot for him, man. 500 yards. I think this is going to be very attainable for a guy who has a very strong pedigree of running the ball, mixing it up. I think we'll see him actually have a really good year improving his passing percentage to over 50 in the range of 55 to 58%. You know, he's 52% last year, which was a knock on him, but Having a full year at the helm of being the starting quarterback, I think this guy's going to blow it out the water. And then you got you figure Devonte Smith is already hurt; he's going to be throwing to his tight ends a lot. That yep. doesn't bode uh, that doesn't really project very well in terms of his passing yards. But one thing we know that he can do is he can keep defenses honest, defensive defenses honest with his legs on the ground. Um, we're going to see a lot of play action fakes, some run pass offenses. I think this guy's going to be super dynamic, great smart runner unlike Carson Wentz, who just constantly threw his body into danger. Uh, this dude's smart. He gets it. He's a winner. I love Jalen Hurts here, 574 yards. Trust me, once that line collapses, that dude's going to be out, yeah. and he's got the speed to easily get, you know, I think he's going to probably average closer to like 40 or 50 yards sure. per game, but that's still really solid and easily going to hit over that 574 number.
1: I think something for us to kind of write down right now would be to see what his rushing numbers are, come out in that week one. Cause if it's around that, like you just mentioned, a, a 40 or 50 uh, uh, rushing total, then we might want to pound that over in the, in that first, uh, first half, sorry, the first game and see how right. the books kind of adjust to it. Because um, you know, when, when, when you have guys like Jalen Hurts and, and Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, those quarterbacks that have kind of really been running from the pocket all throughout their career, whether that was in high school or whether that was in college ball that's not, that's something that's not going to be taken out of their pedigree, right? They're going to still have that tendency to take off when they're under pressure. And those, all three of those guys, like we mentioned, have speed to get those rushing yards, whether it's five at a time, 10 at a time, it, it all adds up at the end of the day. So for a number to be that conservative for a Jalen Hurts, I really do like that. And, and, you know, scrambling quarterbacks are sometimes really tough to, tough to, you know, contain in the pocket and with his speed, I do really like that uh, over for him to go uh, over that number. What four hundred seventy-five? You said five seventy-five. Five seventy-five is the number. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, last season, I'm looking on one of these stats websites. They said that he got three hundred fifty-four rushing yards. But
0: yeah, so so that was the, for the entire season. I was yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: only yeah. on the starts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Said. So I mean, if he's going to be the starting quarterback now, there's going to be a lot more opportunities for him to you know take off and run. So uh, yeah. I, I agree with you there.
0: All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get into our RBs and wide receiver props to close out the show. The Summer of Soccer continues on Paramount+. Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the hard-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy's Serie A, Argentina's Primera División, the Brasil Yario, NWLSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the, the CONCACOF, qualifiers featuring the stars from the U.S. and Mexican men's national teams plus much more it's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi and Mbappe Ronaldo Rapino, and Pelusic. be a part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made the world's game lives here on Paramount Plus visit ParamountPlus.com to start a free trial and stream every match live Make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. So download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss us an app review. And download the SGPN app today. All right, so let's go back to uh, the wider, uh, the running back room here. Going with the cowgirls. What are your thoughts here, Munaf? Uh, what What do you like for Zeke coming up in this upcoming season?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I know Zeke is kind of entering that territory where it, we might start seeing a decline from running backs, but. I think Zeke has been solid all of his career with, with the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm taking over 1100, 1,100 and a half rushing yards for Zeke. I'm sure we're going to get a lot more heat from Sean and Ryan once they listen to us about talking so much about the Cowboys and, and us backing them. So uh, we might not be here next week, but I like making money more than talking, <laughs> talking shit about the Cowboys. Look, 2020 was a bad year for the Cowboys, like we mentioned, right, when we are talking about the divisions. Uh, just like every other year, but on the injury front, it was bad for them. They dealt with a lot of O-line issues. Dak had his ankle injury that was gone for the season. So despite the lack of healthy offensive line, Zeke still managed to get close to 1,000 yards rushing last season. And in his five years in the league so far, he's gone over this number three times. So there's also the fact that they may, they want, may want to be more careful with Dak coming off of the injury from last season plus already the shoulder issues that he's having right now in training camp. So I know we're still about a month away from the beginning of the season, so that can all be fixed. But I still think that they're going to utilize Zeke heavily in the in um, in in the in the in the running game. So, you know, based off of what Zeke's able to do, and I think having a healthy offensive line is going to be really big for them. I really like this number to go over the 11 and a half, uh, sorry, 1100 and a half rushing yards.
0: Yeah, the key for Zeke is getting 300 carries because every time he's gotten 300 carries, he's gone over well over uh, 1,300 yards. So, you know, I think that's why they probably told him to slim down a little bit. Maybe he wanted to do it himself, get into that game shape because we've already saw it. Dak Prescott's already hurt in training camp. So Mm -hmm. they're going to have to ease him in not only coming off a significant injury, but, you know, now he's got the shoulder ailment perhaps they lean on the run game a little bit more. So I think 1100 is, is definitely attainable for a guy who's, you know, actually kind of been written off. It seems like, um, like he's fallen off a cliff. People are acting like he's 30 years old here. Like the guy's only like 26 years old. So yeah, he's yeah. got a lot of tread on his tires, but I think he's just, he's still well within his prime. And 1100 is certainly in the cards. Uh, so for my guy, I'm going to go to the New York Giants. And I'm fading Saquon Barkley at 1,175 rushing yards. Call me crazy, man, but I, I'm i believing this... Uh, I'm believing the hype a, a, around, you know, them wanting to make sure they're going to be conservative with him, making sure that he's eased into the season. I think they're going to coddle him a little bit, and rightfully so. As I mentioned before, man, like the guys, he's become injury prone. He's coming off a very serious injury, ACL, mm-hmm. MCL. That's not easy to come back with, and Even though this guy is a a freak, like a physical specimen, shout out to PSU. You know, I was a big fan of Saquon Barkley back in the day until he signed up with the Giants, but he's a very dynamic player. And there's no, there's no, that's not to say that he's not still going to have a really good season. But if we're going to, it's going to take some time to ease him into his normal workload of getting 20 carries, 25 carries. Um, He's going to be the focal point of their offense. Now, whether that be catching balls or running the ball. 1175 just to me seems a little bit high given the significance of the injury that he's coming off. Like he had 2000 yard season. He had a thousand yard season two years ago, 1300 yards in his rookie year where he just came onto the scene and just balled out. But I don't know, man, they did a lot of things in the off season to make it easier for him that maybe, you know, the, the giants are going to have a little bit more opportunities to, to stretch the field with Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Darius, Tony, um, you, you know, you still got Sterling Shepard there. I think we'll see Daniel Jones be a better quarterback this year, not have to be so reliant on the run game, because frankly, the, the New York Giants, they didn't have any offense beyond Saquon Barkley. So this should open it up a little bit more for him, but I'm not expecting him to be at 100% until probably the first month in the season, which is going to hurt this long season prop, you know, if you have four games of lackluster performance. So I'm going to take the under 1,175 yards
1: for Saquon Barkley. Did Giants do anything to significantly improve their offensive line? Not that I saw. I'll make the work easier for you. Their offensive line is ranked number 31 coming into this, this season. So, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we saw that they added some, you know, they added Alfred Morris, obviously with some more running that burning back depth, but I think one thing that I might want to dig into this coming for these coming weeks is that taking and looking at, you know, running backs in recent years that have had ACL injuries and how they've done or how many yards they've accumulated that season that they've kind of came back, depending on the time frame. whether it was, you know, at the beginning of the season, they came back or whatever the case might be. But um, yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I think, you know, Saquon with, with the same, same quads as they want to say, um, you know, as great as a physical specimen that this guy is, um, I just don't have enough faith for this offensive line to open up the, the, the space for him and, um, you know, run in between the tackles. I mean, he, he is a guy that has speed that can get to the outside, but um, asking him coming off an ACL injury, uh, to go 1100 rushing yards. I think that might be a lot, um, especially, you know, like they said, they're going to be very, very careful with him coming back because we might not see him week one, we might not see him until week two or three. So that's already one game that if he's not ready to go um, come when the season comes in week one, we might want to take a look at what these numbers are being posted by the Lions as far as their player props. So um, I think for week one, for sure, I may want to take a look at taking the under on his rushing total, um, just because, like we've said, they're they're going to ease, his, ease him back in because he is arguably their best offensive player, maybe along with Kenny Galladay. So uh, I do like it under 1,100, 1100 uh, rushing yards for him.
0: Yeah, and they're, I think they're going to get Devontae Booker. They got him for a reason. Yeah, And, you know, you, you're right. They they, they just uh, bring in Alfred Morris as some more running back depth. So, to me, that's just signaling you're posturing for not maybe having Saquon getting his normal workload to start the season, which is fine. Right. Uh, you got to protect him. But long-term, yeah. not investing in that number. So, let's go to the wide receiver room. Who are you liking for – oh, man, you're going back to the Cowgirls. What you
1: got for Amari Cooper? Yeah, this is more of the SGPN brand, right? I'm going to take the uh, under uh, 1,175 and a half rushing yards for Amari Cooper. Uh, Like we mentioned that the Cowboys have the second best uh, wide receiver uh, groups in the entire football league. So that just means there's a lot of mouths to feed in Dallas offensive, right? Especially with their receivers. When you have Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, that's expected to take that leap this year, Michael Gallup. Uh, there's been some other guys further down their depth charge who can all, also make some noise and kind of fill in with Noah Brown and, and Cedric Wilson. I think Wilson last year was, was really good for the Cowboys. Um, the bigger factor is that Amari Cooper dealt with an ankle issue and it had some procedure uh, in this offseason. And it's also kind of been lingering into the uh, uh, training camp here. He's saying he's close to 100%, if not 100%. But who knows if that doesn't act up again for him during the season. He's been in the league seven years now. And he's eclipsed that uh, uh, 1,175 receiving yards mark just once. And that was back in 2018. So now you add a CD lamb to this uh, wide receiving group. Um, I think he's primed to have a breakout year. So I think that might take away some of the yardage and uh, targets and receptions from Amari Cooper, which will translate to him having less yards.
0: I like that fade. I, I don't like Amari Cooper at all as a reliable, receiver you know he tends to be this boomer bust kind of guys where he'll go off for a hundred and 115 yards and then he'll completely disappear and I think that's what you see in, in a lot of his stats and you know 1175 for him for receiving yards you know he does gonna he is gonna be in a contract year so this is gonna be a big year for him but yeah. I think we've seen the emergence of a couple other guys that are going to take away some opportunities for him and I think we've seen you know Michael Gallup he's the big play guy C.D. Lamb has certainly made waves um, through training camp as well as his rookie season. You know, Amari Cooper is definitely a solid receiver, but I agree with you, man. I think he's going to have a little bit of a downgrade this year when we see the emergence of a couple guys. And one that I'm going to go into, I think it's a great segue into my guy, C.D. Lamb, I'm going to take over 80 receptions. I think you're going to see this guy's target go up to potentially lead the, the Dallas Cowboys here. He finished second in targets with 111 last year and second in receptions at 74 as a rookie. Yep. I mean, he had at least five receptions in each of the first four games with Dak under center. I think that that's going to be more of the same. You know, the, the safety blanket for Dak Prescott has become CeeDee Lamb. He's worked his way in the slot, but he's going to be moved all over this offense. He's already making these ridiculous one-hand catches in the back of the end zone. I think this guy's going to be the red zone target. He's going to be the main target for, for Dak. Move over Amari Cooper, the future of CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup still on a really nice contract, so I think he'll still get his. But Amari Cooper is going to slowly fade into the sunset, and you're going to see the emergence of CD Lamb here. I think 80 receptions is definitely low for him. I think we could see him get upwards of 90, uh, 90 this season and with another game to play. Plus having Dak Prescott back under center, I think this is going to be a great season for CD lamb to emerge as the best wide receiver
1: on the Cowboys. He has to live up to that number 88 that he's wearing now for the Dallas Cowboys, right? Right. Facts. He
0: picked, he picked the number of, of the, the hall of famer and, and, you know what I'm saying? You got to live up to that. So I, I'm totally yeah. with you there.
1: Yeah, and there's a you know, we, we talked about guys that are making that second year leap, you know, we talked about Jerry Judy, C D Lamb. So right. I think, you know, he's primed to have a great season. And like you mentioned, that he's probably ready to take over as the number one uh receiver out there in Dallas with Dak Prescott under center for them. So uh yeah, definitely a guy to keep your eye on uh for, for the Dallas Cowboys uh receiving group. So that concludes
0: our episode, man. That that was fun, and we're gonna be doing it yet again August twelfth. Check back at us on Thursday, man. We'll have more football to talk about. We'll be running through the AFC North and NFC South divisions. The next week following that, we'll do the AFC East and the NFC West, followed by the AFC South and NFC North to close out the month of August. So make sure to check the feed, the SGPN feed, where you'll catch me and Munaf doing the prop cast as we approach the NFL season all the way up into week one, where we'll be start doing this weekly. Uh, which is going to be great for not only you guys to get some money, but then, you know, it'll be a nice little, nice little variance to our normal ATS uh, conversation. So excited. Thanks
1: Munah for joining. Where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at sportsnerd nerd uh, Like you mentioned, man, I'm excited for this podcast. Um, you know, I like quickly want to mention that, you know, there's so many podcasts out there that do the ATS and the totals, you know, but there isn't really one that does player props and, and I'm excited to do that with you. So hopefully we have a great season. For sure, man. I'm I'm all for the
0: props. You can find me. I'm at Dan Titus. Find me at Dan Titus on Twitter, talking about football stuff, you know, NBA still going on. It seems like it never ends. So I'll still be paying attention to that, but yeah, man, it's football season officially tonight. So let's get it, man. Excited for the season and all the props we're going to be talking about throughout the year. So make sure to check back in is make sure to subscribe to the feed. And uh, hit us up on Twitter and Slack channels, man. It's on and popping. Until then, let it ride.